0: Welcome Welcome. to another episode of The Podquest. PodQuest, broadcasting from all around Vol Nation, where we talk about Vols football, basketballs, recruiting, and exclusive interviews with those closest to the program. Now, you're about to experience The PodQuest.
1: welcoming you to another great edition of the PodQuest. Last week was Cinco de Mayo, and what better uh, than to follow up the Cinco de Mayo Podquest, where we had actually had a drinking game every single time, pretty much Bleed Orange spoke into you know, words into existence. Uh, we got to drink off of that, which was wonderful. So kudos to Bleed Orange for his participation last week. But uh, we got a great crew here tonight. It's going to be a really fun evening. I'll go through the, the cash real quick. We got a lot of topics to go through. We're going to make this a really fun, entertaining podcast tonight. So thank you so much for listening. One plug really quickly. I do want to say that um, we are on iTunes and we also are on Google play for those of you weird folks that don't have an iPhone, like I said last week. So just go to, to iTunes and search for podcast or go to the Google Play, <coughs> store and you can search for podcast as well there and download us. Or the regular way that you listen to us right now. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, tonight we've got with us Powell Vols, PTC Vol, fan in Louisiana One, and my father, Mr. Mendo Muselbaum himself, Lead Orange Twenty Three. And again, Happy Mother's Day uh, to all the mothers out there who are listening. Um, and that being said, I, we'll go through and we'll we'll do some introductions here. I'll run it to you first, Powell Vols, and you have any Mother's Day memories of, of today or even just over your life that you'd like to speak to, uh, feel free to.
2: Um, happy Mother's Day to everybody, um, by the way. And, uh, you know, Mother's Day memories, um, it's I just always remember going to church and then coming home and, you know, having family come over, fixing a big meal, uh, that kind of stuff is more you know, what I can remember, um, mother's day, you know, mother's day as being, being yeah. young, but you know, now it's totally different, uh, being married and having a son. Um, you know, just, it's just, a, a different feel to it now. Um, you know, being a parent and stuff. So, um, having a, having a five year, almost five year old and doing the same stuff, you know, getting up Sunday morning, going to church, um going we went to um uh, my in-laws house this morning and and later on uh, we had uh my mother over. And so it's a uh, uh, kind of a two part deal now.
1: Yeah man, no, that's awesome and, and I'm glad to have you on again tonight and appreciate you joining us and I'll throw it around the horn over to uh to PTC How are you tonight, man? Happy mother. Good
0: man, good. Um you know, I woke up this morning. Uh, my boys got up, gave their uh, gave their mom their cards, and let her sleep in. Just kind of lazed around until we all got ready and went and picked up my mom. Then we went to brunch at one of the, our favorite spots and just kind of toured around a bit. Uh, it's just it's just nice kind of lazy day. It's been raining off and on over here, so not much going on, and as far as what we did as a kid, kind of the same thing. Um, got up, we'd get up early or, you know, sleep in and either way we go to church in the morning or go to uh church in the afternoon, you know, in the evenings and just kind of make it a family affair. Mom was never a really big, you know, let's do something for mother's day. Just, she just wanted people around. She wanted her family around and that's what we gave her.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome stuff, man. Yep. Very cool. Thanks for joining tonight. Um, also, I didn't know this guy was joining, which was awesome to see. And thank you for also helping me with my voice uh, modulator and my new microphone, Volfan in L.A., Louisiana 1. How are you tonight,
3: man? Oh, man, doing good. Good to be here at Georgia Tech, Vol. Yeah, and I, PTC, I appreciate Powell.
1: how nice you were because we were trying to fix this microphone uh, <laughs> last night. And I'm like talking into it, thinking it's making all these noises. And you're going, oh yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't really. I mean, I guess it sounds pretty good. And then I it wasn't even. Like, it was just my normal voice.
4: No, on it.
1: all these voices and stuff. And he goes, yeah, I think it sounds good.
4: And I'm like, he's been telling me the last few days about how he's been scamming all these scammers with his crazy voice, and it wasn't you know, working. I think I'm doing this voice, and so like
1: leaving voice messages on people's, you know, voicemails, all this. You know, and it's not making any noises. And, uh, and, and Volfan in Louisiana one was just very nice and didn't want to tell me that I sounded like the, the, my normal self. He's like, it's a little raspy, but I guess it could do some, you know, use some work. So, anyway, yeah. so thank you for, for helping me out. I just want to give you a shout out again. So, I
3: appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. No problem. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. We, uh, took my wife to, uh, West Monroe today, watched a movie and ate and, Then we visited the cemetery, some of our loved ones and grandmothers and things like that. And so it's been a great day.
1: Very good, man. We're we're glad to have you on. Like we were saying with the text message, man, you're getting me jealous about all the stories, the fishing stories that you had. And like I said, if you can send some Royal Reds. If you ever get a chance to run by, Mm. send them over my way. I'll, you know,
3: right. If I I find any, I'll ship them to you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Appreciate you being on man. And, uh, Last but not least, we got Bleed Orange twenty three. How are you tonight? Happy Happy Mother's Day! You got to spin it with with your wifey.
4: Uh, yeah, thanks, son. Um, I um, was able to call my mom up there in Minnesota. She's going to be eighty nine on July third, and uh, certainly I feel fortunate that I can call mom still. And um, you know, one of the things that I'm able to. Really say to her is that you know I really appreciate the influence that she's had on my life and the kind of mother she's been and you know really been a very important figure in my life and I'm very grateful for her and uh, and how she's modeled uh, Christ in her life and and the things that she tried to teach me and instill in me uh, during my uh, formative years there growing up and I'm I'm very grateful for my mother and and really more than anything. I'm grateful that it doesn't take one time a year to tell mom, I love her that she knows that anyway. And um, I appreciate her on a regular basis.
1: No, it's very, very well spoken and very well said. And I think we'll end the podcast on that. So uh, thank you everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, son, you have any
4: memories?
2: Uh, uh, I
4: think
1: there was a Colin in guest. Did I hear that? Oh yeah. All right. Tennessee Hall.
2: Yes. Hello? Uh,
1: Is this the podcast? I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Um, But uh, (laughs) (laughs) BTC is fuming (sighs) right now. Uh, No, uh, as far as, you know, for me, just real quickly, I won't go on a diatribe here, but, um, you know, Mother's Day is always interesting for those who have lost their mothers and for me it's it's a decade now um without being able to spend mother's day with my mom and i always have very fond memories of just her my mom was more of the she would dress she could dress up and stuff like that with more of the tomboyish um where she you, know, you know hands dirty and stuff like that fishing and hunting and, and things like that but she could you know definitely dress up as well so i'm not saying mm-hmm. wore jeans all the time but she'd wear you know a nice outfit to church and everything we'd typically go out after that i always remember there's a restaurant called Jay christopher's i'm sure they have that everywhere nowadays but you would always Mm. try to go to Jay christopher's after church the only one next to our church that we would go to and it was always just such a fight to get a seat and things like that but that was kind of one of our things so um i just always remember my mom was a very special woman and nowadays it's i've had some good times bad times on (laughs) mother's days but now it's an opportunity to reflect on those times but also um you know, with, you know, as some of the others that alluded to, um, with, with my wife having our son, uh, it's just a really awesome experience to see it from a different lens nowadays and, you know, and get a card from my son to my wife, you know, happy mother's day and how much he loves her and seeing the love between a mom and a son. So it's really cool. So, but I just wanted to start the podcast out on, on a good note because, you know, we like joking around and stuff like that, but, um, mother's day is such a special thing uh, for all of us, I think. So, Um, To all the members, thank you so much um, for for listening and for being great moms. uh, So we appreciate it. So, with that being said, let's get into some shenanigans here. Oh, I
4: gotta say this though. His uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, son, but I've got you know he she would take him fishing down there at the in our community lake all the time. She was the one who made sure that when he had a birthday party, it was centered around a WWE Monday night raw deal <laughs> and we'll do down at the clubhouse. The kids would be in there, you know, they're kind of watching it, but they're wrestling each other and throwing each other around and having a big time. And, uh, you know, we would go down to, with him I, to,
1: that was my uh, graduation party, dad,
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite, <laughs> but uh, we, we would, go down to events with him and, you know, she'd get all dressed up and have, you know, a bandana on and all that kind of stuff. And, and she really loved her son and was very proud of uh, uh, Georgia Tech ball. I, I won't give you the, the full family name of your son <laughs> in this podcast quest, but uh, yeah, she was a very special woman and I know that she loved her son very much.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, she was, she was a good woman. She was a good woman. So, uh, you know, love your mom. I gave a little Steph Curry point to the sky during church today. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, good stuff. So let's talk, let's get into some, some craziness, some silliness, Tennessee Vol style. Um, uh, we've got a little bit off, off topic. We want to talk about, we've got a lot of Tennessee. We're going to be bouncing around ladies and gentlemen from, what the heck's happening with Florida? We'll be hitting the PGA Championship a little bit. We're gonna look into the basketball team, basketball recruiting, um, and then also maybe touch a little bit on three-star Jeremy. And that's what uh, Alex one 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 eight or whatever his number combination is has been saying in the past couple of weeks. Three-star Jeremy with a G. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that and, and recruiting. I know we've talked about the that the last couple weeks but it feels like it's a hot topic on the board but first and foremost i want to ask powell we were talking about this in the pre-show um rick Barnes, and this has been a hot topic on the board rick Barnes skipping graduation now this is the third highest paid coach in college basketball and he went and cajun in no it was it cajun or was it duke i believe um where he was talking i know it was duke actually um pardon me there but he was speaking to that Barnes was calling it a Mother's Day weekend, and he's got access to the private jet and all that kind of stuff, and he skipped all the players' graduation ceremony. So, Powell, I want to bring it to you and see, is this a two out of ten? What are your thoughts on um, Barnes skipping
2: out? It it probably wouldn't be a huge deal in the whole scheme of things if the the whole past two months hadn't been just very odd. The way – just the way the end of the season ended. Just some of the stuff that happened at the end of the season, uh, the whole UCLA debacle. Um, it's just been, you know, the, the It's just been a really weird couple months for him, and you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't think anything's going on, but I do, I do. I didn't really have too many issues with the UCLA stuff, but I think it's really strange. To miss, you know, basically the two players graduating that you hung your hat on who, who took you to where you are here, or took Tennessee to where they are. Um, you know, maybe and hopefully Grant comes back. You know, I'm not saying he's gone or anything like that, but, you know, he graduated, an admiral graduated. And I just think it's really weird to just completely miss their graduation when, you know, this happened on a Friday. I believe I believe they graduated on Friday and he could have he could have went there and done that and hopped on a plane and been in Austin in two hours. Maybe three at the most. Oh
1: yeah. Easily. And that, that's the weird part yes. because they made such a production out of the PJ Ford thing. Yes. Went yeah. Barnes crying or something too, maybe? I don't I don't know, but um, It's made, a bad look, man. Yeah, go ahead, Volfan, Louisiana.
3: Yeah, so it's it's just a bad look, you know, after a lot of things that happened at the end of the season, things going on since it. I don't know. I just thought it was a bad look.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, and I know you you sent us the, uh, the smoke signal that you you hurt, hurt your foot. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens on the podcast. We roll with things. Ball fan <laughs> Louisiana has an injury. He bumped his foot into the door while we were filming this. So,
3: well, sounds like he's in he's a- apparently
0: broken his pinky toe. <laughs>
3: So, I'm a two star, so you just don't don't have high expectations for me. But <laughs>
4: so you got a five star heart, buddy. Five star heart. <laughs> oh, so, um, have we
2: have we offered yet? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <Are you> <laughs> yeah. We better make sure we have offered you if you're
3: in state. Um, yeah, I got an <laughs> offer. I've already camped. Oh, okay, careful uh, yeah. to visit. <laughs> yeah,
4: uh, and so you're going to LSU then as a Tennessee fan? Is that what you're telling us? No, I think I'm going to Kentucky. <laughs> They're out recruiting us right now. Oh, so okay. Get to there
3: that
4: later. Go. That's a good one. <laughs> oh
1: man, well, uh, <laughs> that's that's freaking good, man. Um, so back back to back to Barnes real fast. I, I I haven't been on the board as um, much, you know, lately to really get triggered when I saw this thread, but it did catch my attention. And I, I feel like, you know, with it getting two, three pages or whatever it got, and then even the mods having to respond and kind of play scramble mode or whatever, you know, run around and try to say, oh, this is a, a nothing burger. I feel like it is a something burger because, again, like we've been talking about, these are guys that, that are pillars of your program. It's not like the white guys at the end of the bench. Like these are the main guys. <laughs> that help pat, like put <laughs> In this guy's bank account, right, and into his kid's bank account, and into his grandkid's bank account, right. The way that <laughs> they played for him and, and hustled and worked for four years, and and for him to skip out on, and I think it, it's very weak. And like to your point, Powell, the fact that he did this, you know, a couple of weeks after. I mean, how many more of these kind of? How many more of these uh, nightmare? Not nightmares, but. I feel like these are like Joe Biden Steps. type gaffes, right? <laughs> like, yeah, right. You know? Like these are like photos coming out of Biden sniffing women's hair and stuff like that. PTC, I'll throw it <laughs> to you, man. Like how many how much more can he withstand here? And can he withstand a bad season even?
0: Uh, well, you're gonna have to define a bad season. Um, it's missing the tournament. A bad season is Making the tournament and going out in the Sweet Sixteen—the bad season. If they miss the
1: season, if they miss the NCAA tournament, it's an
0: absolute failure. Okay,
1: you you know, make-
0: I, I, I tend to agree with that.
1: You don't. Um, you find ways in, like Kansas. Kansas lost their like three or four best players, and they had a freaking guy leave the team in the middle of the season. Uh, LaGerald Vick leaves the freaking team, and they
0: still made the tournament. And they, yeah, because that's 16. because they're Kansas, though. Tennessee.
1: We're um, Tennessee. are saying that the way that they've built it up. And the expectations are here now, are they not? We've got the. No,
0: th- I, don't, I don't. I'm not. am not i am not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying, you know, what's the threshold? Uh, where is it that we put the, put that line that if he literally doesn't cross this line, it's going to be Armageddon for him? Where Where is that flashpoint? Is what I'm asking. Uh, but I, I'm not sure if Powell brought this up enough, and I very well could have just missed it. But, you know, Barnes did go to Texas to see graduation for guys while he was coach here. Hmm. And the fact that he didn't show up to this graduation, man, that's just – i you know, I disagree with Rob. I completely disagree with him. It is a horrible look. Had the UCLA thing not gone down the way it did as far as the press conference is concerned, I don't think anybody's talking about, you know, graduation okay well he missed a big deal you know but he he's really gotta either start listening to the pr people or the pr people around him need to be fired because they don't have a clue how to manage him
1: yeah it's it's getting Mm -hmm. bad and we'll ask the the resident uh senior in the group here and ask you bleed orange i mean is this a matter of Barnes either not caring as he's getting older or just kind of forgetting stuff and just, you know, um, what are your thoughts bleed orange and how does Barnes maybe we'll talk about recruiting too. I'll throw it to you bleed orange, but he's missing out on some guys. Um, there's not a whole lot of, you know, recruiting momentum. They did get a recruit, but how does he kind of turn this thing around and, and change the momentum into some positivity?
4: Well, son, I, w- <laughs> I wish it was drinking games tonight. You could hit the. Uh, there we go. Ole! Do we need to have this on while you while you talk or? Uh... No, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you know, I I think that there's such a thing as emotional collateral. I think that Rick Barnes has built up a tremendous amount of emotional collateral with these kids. Uh, My, I don't know, I didn't read about all this stuff about what was going on, but I wouldn't be surprised if he hadn't communicated with, with the kids who were graduating and they knew what was going on and I'm sure they were okay with it. Um, So, I mean, that's just my take. I I, I think that sometimes, of course, as fans, we kind of look at these things and we can kind of pick them apart a little bit and, and start drawing some conclusions. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, what's important is what was in the minds of, of the kids graduate. You know, were they offended? Did they not, not like it? Uh, I, I suspect that this is all just kind of uh, much to do about nothing uh, with these boys. And, uh, and you know, we talk about trying to turn it around from, talking about turning around from a 31-win season. Um, I think, you know, this latest kid that's uh, what was it, the 6'10 kid um, watching some of the video video on him and uh, his ball skills, uh, being able to handle the ball at his size and be able to shoot the way he does. I, I think he's getting some really exciting recruits in. And, you know, son, you talk about a team like Kansas. They have been an established program for quite a while. And. Uh, Barnes has built Tennessee back into uh, up to a level that we haven't seen in quite a while. Um, you know, we can't lose a Grant Williams and an Admiral Scrofield during the season last year and have two more four-star guys step in and take the place. So yeah, he's still in the process of building the program, I think, to an extent. But uh, you know, I, I think he's doing a good job. It, you know, we all thought that Cone was coming. And, uh, that's what the feeling was for, for a lot of people. And, and that's the thing is everybody's disappointments are relative to their expectations, right? So we're all yeah. thinking, gosh, you know, cones coming, we're excited about that. We think he's the man, you know, there are still people that kind of raise their eyebrows about a five, nine point guard and what he can do, but, um, he didn't come and now everybody's disappointed and thinks, you know, things are falling apart, um, so I, I think he's doing a good job, and I'm anxious to see some of these kids that he's got coming in.
1: Well, I think it might, I don't I don't know if it's the total opposite, but I, I don't think there's as much recruiting momentum as there should be for um, you know for for Tennessee right now. And I'm trying to look at the the team rankings, um, but football keeps coming up. So I'm going to miss out on my point here. But again, my, my thing is you have raised your expectations when you did this whole UCLA thing. I think if you took that away, the Tennessee fans are just in love. You know, again, Bruce Pearl didn't go do this and try to go somewhere else and wasn't about to go somewhere else. You think Bruce Pearl would go in front of the university and and say, I was about to go to the other place, but I stayed here. And it it just, when he did all this kind of stuff, to again, to your point, Pal, it it really just raised his expectations a lot more where he has a very slim uh, margin of of, uh, error here. So, and to your your question, PTC, I think anything less than the tournament, even with all the guys that he's uh, potentially going to be losing, when you have uh, Josiah James coming in, when you have Bowden still there. Um, when you have uh, Lamonte Turner, when you have Pons, when you have a number of these other guys that have played, when you have uh, White Iverson, Volkerson, <laughs> and you know some of the transfers and things like that, you should be able to field an NCAA team. You just you should. So. I don't think uh,
2: I don't I don't think losing or not getting cone doesn't hurt really hurt us for next year. I think it may yeah. hurt us the year after that. I don't. Sure. But next year, you know, I don't know how much he would have played. I don't know if you know this could have, you know, I'm am not saying this is the same situation, but this could have been similar to the DJ Barnes deal where they want him to come here in red one year and then start the next year. Um, it could have been a situation like that. It just. You know, it's very odd that he um, his choice to go to Virginia Tech. Nothing, nothing against Virginia Tech, great school, but you know they lost their head coach. So he, so Cone commits to a school that has a brand new head coach. Right. Yeah. No. So, and that's that's kind of a, an odd pick. Just you know, you mm-hmm. um, you reclassify so you can go to a school that's got a brand new head coach. That's kind of odd. But
4: so you got to remember well, too, the, the,
2: the assistant stayed that was recruiting him. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. that makes more sense then. Okay.
4: But you've got to remember, son, you know, in, in basketball, you don't have that many players. So recruiting to your need are really, really critical in basketball. And uh, Powell, I agree with you. I, uh, Cone, I'm not sure how much he would have played next year. Maybe he would have been a star. Who knows? But yeah. I don't know that we needed him as much. But he's – Barnes is bringing in some really interesting pieces that are going to change some of the dynamics of this team with these stretch four guys, the way they can shoot from the perimeter. And, we're, you know, we're hearing some good things about some of the guys who didn't get to play as much this year. Um, I'm I'm going to be really interested to see where Tennessee's program is going over the next couple of years, particularly with these guys – that you know you you're going to have three or four six ten guys who can shoot lights out from the perimeter. That's going to be interesting.
2: And you and if you if you take a look at and and um I, just because the the guy that we just got the commitment from he kind of popped on the scene the last month or something and so nobody really knew much about him and when I saw he committed and I saw he was just a regular three star. I didn't really – and I was – you know, I had the same – probably the same feeling everybody else did is like, what are we doing here? But then if you look at his situation, um, I feel better about it, which is I believe uh, he transferred schools like his junior year, and he was a player that had – I think he he may not have been rated really high or um, star-wise or whatever, but then he gets hurt his junior year and and misses like his whole junior year and now he's like he breaks a leg or does something and now he's healthy again they have seen him play and you see what he did in the rankings like he was not even anywhere near like the top 300 and now he's like right around 100 in the rankings and i went and watched i went and watched his film and i see now what they see what the, you know what they see in him athletically i mean that he is he is athletic but he has great offensive skills and i so i completely understand why we took him and you know and Barnes has done a really good job at evaluating we've seen that um, and with williams and, and bone and stuff like that i can i can understand so you can't question that you know at all with him yeah. And I understand what they what they see in that guy. He's that guy's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I feel like we we get some good guys that we can coach up and things like that. My question is, almost, you know, do we have enough quickness on the team? Do we have enough guys that can move laterally? Like, you know, you watched that Auburn game in the SEC title, and we just looked slow and lethargic. And I know we were we were tired against Kentucky, but um, do we have do we have enough quickness at the maybe the guard spot or anything, or is Are we kind of relying on Taylor? Because I know, you know, Josiah James is going to be, I know he's a player, but he's not going to be the quickest guy out on the court, right? Or is is he? And maybe I'm just wrong, but... I feel he's like, reputed to be a really he, strong defender, but I feel like Cone is one of those guys that could just be a pace guy
0: too, right? He's quick. He's well.
1: Tough small.
4: What here's you- the
0: thing, uh, GT. I, I don't think it has to do with so speed or anything like that. When you talk about the Auburn game, I think we were just completely and totally emotionally drained after beating Kentucky. Um, I agree you with know, that. Barnes said that Barnes says you know that was kind of like the championship game I mean, it it, it really was. And there were, I mean, how do you come back and get back up for Auburn the next day? I mean, that that's just tough for them to do. Mm-hmm. And even grant and Schofield and the seniors, it was tough for them to try to get back up. So mm-hmm. I don't blame it on anything like of skill or speed or anything like that. Um, I think it's exceptionally misleading to say that we don't have speed, uh, in, but we are losing our fastest player. But then again, he was probably the fastest player in the nation, definitely the fastest point guard. So I still think we have team speed, unlike our football team. But I do <laughs> believe that uh, we're not we're going to be okay there.
1: Uh, that's good stuff, it, uh, PTC. So, uh, Powell, did you have something you want to add,
2: real quick? Yeah, uh, PTC makes a great point with as far as speed and and uh, speed. I, I, there's several examples during the season where speed was not an issue. It was not an issue against Gonzaga. It was not an issue against Kansas. It was not an issue against Kentucky. It was only an issue against Auburn. And and in my opinion, I, I completely agree with PGC about the way – just the way the game fell after the Kentucky game, huge win. Um, you also – I mean, Auburn's going out here shooting, you know, 50% from three-point land. There's, you're going to look really slow when a team's shooting like that. I mean, just, just because you're, you know, um, you don't expect somebody to make, make shots like that the whole time. And when they do, it emotionally drains you even more. And you just kind of, I mean, they. I didn't get to see the whole game, um, but I'm, I'm sure we just kind of quit because you just get tired of watching guys make threes like that at a crazy rate.
1: No, I, I completely agree. These are all good points. And just uh, I think at the end of the day, we, you know, talking about basketball here, you know, Barnes has a a lot of work to do this upcoming year. And, and the great part is it's going to be so different than the last two years because, I mean, you know, two years ago it was exceeding expectations. And this year it was kind of meeting, you know, maybe people thought we were going to win it all or something, but it it was a fun season this year. So I had zero regrets about the season um and this next season there's just a lot of question marks who's going to come back how are these new guys going to play so barnes has got a lot of work to do and is going to have to coach them up so it's going to be an exciting season so so exciting um that we're going to switch over to football for a little bit and we're not going to talk about tennessee just yet but we're going to talk about around the league here um, because this is a national program we've been leading out into other areas within the southeast and even a couple of places on the west coast so thank you for our west coast listeners But we want to talk a little bit about actually Florida University of Florida has been having a lot of decommitments. Maybe there's something in the water over there. I was going to ask uh, Bleed Orange 23 uh, specifically because you sent out some photos of uh, of Dan Mullen. uh, Because I know personally that he urinates in the pool when um, he's in in the water. But uh, did you have any inside information from what you've seen over there? Why, what, what the heck, first off, what the heck is happening over at at UF? Why something has happened. Literally
4: something's happened that they're just
1: dropping commits left and right. There's, there has to be a reason.
4: Well, I, I think that he's not dedicated to the, you know, he's getting all this money and he just really not dedicated like he used to be. I mean, I saw him, when was it? uh, Just was it last weekend, son, or last week? Um, I sent you some pictures from the uh, pool, and uh, Mullen was there with his defensive coordinator and his co-offensive coordinator and a bunch of other guys. And uh, I didn't talk to him this time because he's hanging out with his boys. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm i wondering what he's doing sitting around a pool when all these recruits are leaving. He apparently must not be committed to his job. and just living off of that.
2: Hey, I, I think we should. Uh, can we can we get some of those photos sent to VFF and get him confirm some of the <laughs> right maybe some of the yeah some of the waist sizes and stuff. Mullen, <laughs> Mullen
4: Mull without yeah. a shirt. Yeah, yeah. I just know he looked awfully relaxed, and football coaches aren't supposed to look relaxed. You think Pruitt would be sitting by the lake, club pool here, and just hanging out with his boys? He'd be out recruiting somewhere. I mean, look at the results yeah. that we're getting. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Again, I'm just – it's interesting because they're dropping guys, and these are highly rated guys. Um, if, if Tennessee were to, you know, to drop Jimmy Calloway or whatever – yeah, Jimmy Calloway or uh, Jordan Davis, nobody would, would notice. But uh,
4: they've got – A lot of it comes yeah. down, I think, to what they're telling these kids before they come and
1: um he's lying to them that is that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) he's (laughs) playing players and i know it happens everywhere but he's freaking lying to them
4: well it, it it could be i mean there there just aren't you know one of the things you hear from a lot of the tennessee kids that are being recruited is that the coaches are straight up with you know ball fan in la you you're a football guy you know you. I'm, You know, I'm surprised Mother's Day y'all weren't down there wrestling gators and, you know, <laughs> swatting away uh, mosquitoes the size of hunting, hummingbirds down there. But Yeah, uh, that's us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you, there had to be some gator involved in Mother's Day somewhere. I don't know what. But, um, so what, what are you thinking about the, the way recruiting is going and all that kind of stuff with, with Tennessee?
3: With Tennessee? I I'm, I'm, yep. I'm back to the Florida thing a little bit. I'm a little – Okay. Something's going on. I agree with Georgia Tech. Something. Both of y'all. Something's going on. I'm not sure. I mean, it'll come out. You know. Not really sure about that yet, but I don't know. I hope we get a shot at Dink. I heard he decommitted. Not really sure yes. if we're going to get him. But uh, same time on the Tennessee recruiting front. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little disappointed right now. We've got six commits. You know, a couple of Bailey's. Oh, uh, which I'm glad we've got Harrison Bailey. I mean, I thought. I still believe he's going to deliver a couple of recruits, you know, maybe at the end. But the Jimmy Calloway thing, yeah, I've watched the tape. Uh, Ebony Jackson, yeah, I've watched his tape. It's supposed to be a burner. I mean, I'm not trying to be negative or a naysayer. I'm a little bit disappointed so far in some of the three stars, you know, no stars. But I really thought, I know you got to win. You know, winning will bring the recruits, and it's kind of a cycle. But at the same time, a little bit disappointed so far. Anybody else share this? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah I'm, I'm disappointed. Go ahead. I'm disappointed too because, because, you know, Ball fans, are right? You've like, until, until you win games, the head coach is selling the program. He's selling the future. It obviously, yeah. we're not doing a very good at selling things right now. And, 100%. and, and so, um, you know, once you start winning games, that takes care of a lot of the, you know, the just the showing the process on the field that we are good coaches and we know what we're doing. And and until that takes over, hopefully that takes over it, but until it does, you're just you're trying to sell what you think you're gonna who you're gonna be. And and now you no know, has a it's a little bit different than Bush Jones selling where Pritt actually has a history. And he's put a lot of people in the NFL now. He's obviously never done it as a head coach, but he can at least show that.
0: Right. And,
2: but, for whatever, but for whatever reason, it's not, you know, we've, the, the most baffling thing is, listen. and, and I don't know if the, the recruits are actually being truthful to um, the Valkwest mods or not, but we read this stuff and we hear how we're in good shape with this guy, we're in good shape with this guy, and all that stuff, and it's and then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, this player commits to somebody else, and it, yeah. and obviously we weren't in good shape. So I don't know what's going on with you know these guys, and and it seems like the guys that are that are committing to other places are really good players, they're four and five star players, and guys that are difference makers, guys that we have to have, and you know, and I understand you can still have a, you can still at the end of the day have a top ten recruiting class that doesn't mean you're going to have a ton of difference makers. And so we, we've we got to get these difference makers, you know, now and get them over there and so we can build for the future because, you know, and I hate the way – I just hate the way things are going with Green right now.
3: Yeah, we're sitting at number 30 right now according to Rivals. Now, I know that's not the end-all be-all because, you know, February is the end of it, but I'm the same way. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I really thought – we would have a few more, you know, bigger names signed by now. I mean, maybe the coaches are holding them off. I don't see how they could benefit from that. You know, there's been a little bit of talk on the board about that. Well, maybe they're just, you know, maybe they need to go ahead and tell one of the guys who's holding back, go ahead and let the dominoes fall. But I, I just don't think it's that way. I don't see no benefit of those guys holding back. So I think it is what it is right now. I don't know. Well,
1: I'll give, I'll give Butch Jones a little bit of credit. I feel like when, they had, he had that flash and that flare whenever big time commits came on campus. And they would say that it's just a different feeling and things like that. And and when you, when you read the, you know, read the interviews now, you just don't feel like there's that spark every single time when, you know, these big names are coming, they're saying it's great. And the guy's going to coach him up. You know, Pruitt's going to coach him up. He's, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's won championships, but it's not like this place is different than ever. Maybe I'm not reading the same articles you guys are, but I'm just not getting like, oh, these are these guys are – this guy's feeling it. This guy's feeling it. Um, you have someone like a Justin Rogers who was kind of feeling it, and then, mm-hmm. then in a dang commit to Kentucky, you have a guy like Rakeem Jarrett who was – you thought was feeling it, and then he just – one visit to LSU and he's gone. It's just – there's something – there's something odd that's going on. And yeah. we'll never know what it is, but there's something odd that's going on. When you've – again, I've made this point you know, before where Pruitt's saying, well, I, I found DeAndre Baker when he was a no-name guy. Like, okay, so those those are the waters we're going to start swimming in now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, read. you know, he,
4: he is swinging for some fences, though. And you, you got to realize when, when somebody picks whoever they pick, whether it's, you know, the wide receiver picking LSU – there are, how many scholarship offers did he have? 30? 40? Yeah. I don't know. He's a five-star wide receiver. There's only one team that, he, that these kids are going to commit to. So you got to realize Tennessee wasn't the only team that, that didn't get the kid. And, you know, Tennessee was in the mix. I You know, I, how much they were, I know that, you know, the mods felt like. You know, they're in conversations with him that he was really serious about Tennessee, and that was a feeling we all got. In fact, we all kind of were thinking, well, "Gosh, you know, it sounds like this guy's coming to Tennessee. This is going to be awesome. Put this kid with bait, you know, with Bailey. We we got something really working here." Um, but again, it goes back to this disappointment being relative to your expectations, and so you know we're going to lose on some five-star guys. But you know, when we start winning, maybe those guys start to it starts to tip the balance in our favor. I agree with I mean,
1: it. to Powell's point, and we talked about this last week, but um, or maybe as Vol fan as well, but you don't you don't win national titles with the seventeenth, the 15th ranked classes, and it's it's I made a post on this a couple of days ago, and I'll ask you PTC what your thoughts are, but um, it, I think it's very easy to have a 15th ranked class in the country at Tennessee. It is you could wake up and be top 15 in the country. Because of the facilities, the fan base, you know, rabid fan base, the stadium, all that kind of stuff, VFL, you name it, you know, Peyton Manning, Eric Berry, whatever, Josh Dobbs, you throw the names out there um, to really be special. You got to do the top five classes. You have to be top five. Maybe someday Tennessee could get a top, you know, top three class, but you got to be top five. You've you've got to be up there. That's my opinion. What do you think, PTC?
0: You know, I think we're competing in the SEC with the top 10 class, but if we want to compete on a national stage, I agree with you. Um, you got to remember, we have been down for so long that we don't know what the signs are of a rebuild that is actually successful. Um, you know, it, it began with, with the Lane Kiffin departure. I mean, that's really started it. Um, then we hired you know, one of the worst people in the world. And then followed that behind with follow that up with the absolute program destroyer and Butch Jones. And I'm, I still, you know, I supported Jones through the first three seasons of his tenure here, but year four and five, I was, I began to see the light and realized all of this stuff is just smoke and mirrors. and, I still don't understand how he would recruit kids who would literally be coming off of season-ending injuries and expect them to play or be able to rehab them when he had no clue how to rehab a kid or develop them. I mean, we didn't have a strength and conditioning program for an entire year, Mm and I probably did the most damage of anything else he's ever done the abyss that we have steered into for the past 15 years has started to look back at us and because of that it's going to take a longer time than what anybody thought the entire culture from the chancellor's office all the way down to you know adam sandler's character the water boy has got to change (laughs) i think i think pruitt is the kind of guy to get that happen. Um, I don't ultimately, I don't know if he's going to be successful here because you do see these kids who are, they'll, you know, they'll go to on a, a trip to, to top and they'll love it because it is a great place. I mean, playing in front of a hundred, nearly 105,000 fans right by the beautiful Tennessee river. We have a great campus. We have great facilities. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, you mentioned the VFLs and the legacy that we have. Well, so where are the commits coming from? They see what Butch did. They see the turmoil. They see the fact that you know even the state government got involved uh, in saying that we don't need a coach. Um, and gregiano yes, mm-hmm. that's a good thing that we didn't get him. And I don't. And I was a part of the uh, revolution. I sent texts. I sent emails. Um, saying, please don't hire this guy. But at the same time, how does that play to recruits? Who knows? But I guarantee you guys like Kirby, um, Dabo, and Mullen are negative recruiting against us. I don't think Alabama even has to negative recruit against us. I think they just say, hey, look, they haven't beaten us in 15 years. Come play with us.
2: And besides, look at all the national championships
0: we have. So when you've got to deal with that and you're in the SEC – what are you going to do? It's got it's got it's going to almost have to take a miracle uh, before that one year to two year rebuild happen.
1: I think you have a number of elements that fall, um, and one of those is you know Nick Saban retiring because that's going to you know, and who knows when that is going to happen? I'm not saying it's next year, but the guy's getting older, um, but he's a competitive guy, so he might go till he's 85. Who freaking knows? And he's got it, you know, he's got it made over there in in, in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, something like that happening is going to change some things around. I think that you're always going to have Tennessee and, you know, Florida kind of fighting it out. And South Carolina might have a year here or there. Georgia's going to be, you know, good, I think, for the, the foreseeable future. And then you have someone like a Clemson as well that will continue to be there because they're in the weak ACC. So, uh, excuse me, just sneezed. I apologize. Um, but again, my i've i've made this point. I'll try to be quiet here after this. But I've made this point that I I feel like Clemson has taken our spot nationally, and you have to have some dominoes that fall. Something's got to change in the Southeast here, or Tennessee to kind of creep back up. Um, they don't have the recruiting base in Tennessee. You know, even the VFL type folks. Um, you know, you've got a Tate Ratledge, right? Who should be a lot. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> He might be going to Georgia. Who who freaking knows, right? Isn't he supposed to be committing this week or something? So
2: Monday, I think. Yeah. So
1: yeah. it's one of these. You oh, know,
3: no, no, we, we suck again. again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I what will I'm, give yeah. I will give Pruitt some credit on some, on one thing though is our offensive line recruiting since he's been here has been phenomenal. I mean, he's done a really good job, and now those guys are really those guys are young, and it, it does gonna, it's going to take a couple years for them. But he is at least. He at least sees, I think, what everybody else sees, which is what, you know, Bush Jones completely screwed us by, and, and nothing against the players, but you cannot take 280 pound, 275, 80 pound tight ends and make them into offensive linemen, and expect to compete in the SEC. It's not going to happen. And now that's what he's left with. Mm-hmm. And so, and I believe he's done a really good job at trying to rebuild the offensive line, he obviously saw that as our biggest weakness. And he's done a great job at that. So he, I, I do believe that he sees what is most needed and he's put his biggest, his most effort into, uh, you know, getting the offensive line back to SEC level.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, Which I, is where it starts
4: I, at. I, I agree with that. You know, I I think, you know, whether, I mean, remember, Butch don't had – Jones had some pretty good recruiting classes but his problem was he was not able to yeah, keep he that all together and recruit and develop uh, he wasn't able to develop the guys and bring them along and I know that they got hit with a ton of injuries but that's part of development
0: that's his, pro- that's his problem
4: right that's part of development and he he really struggled and fell down in that area so that's the thing that I like about Pruitt is I believe that With recruiting and getting the right kids in here, I believe that he personally has the staff that he needs with a a guy like Chaney in there now on offense. And it sounds like he's giving uh, Chaney, he respects his abilities. And, I mean, the guys obviously are proven guys. So, I mean, we've got some really talented guys that have proven it on a big-time level. And I'd be very surprised if this staff didn't really – uh, bring us back to where we need to be in the recruitment and development areas.
3: Yeah. Who has a better staff than us? I mean, really, even Alabama? No, nobody does. I mean, I'm not, I may be looking through orange goggles here, but I'm serious. No, I, Just look at it. I love our staff. Them. Yes. I, I sure. love every one of them. I'm glad they're here. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's actually a good point. Um, Cause I've been harping on the recruiting piece and feeling like, um, the sky is falling. But, yeah, I, mean, I, I think Tennessee, that's where you're going to have to show up is from a game plan and an execution. Like, you've got to be spot on with your calls. Like, Derek Ainsley's got to make his money this year, right? Uh, we all, I feel like, yeah. we know what we're going to get from me. And I love how fat he is. And I say this every time. I talk about <laughs> he's fat and he's happy with it. And I freaking love him. I love how big – like, they had to they had to print so much orange thread to make his shirts – like, they were the huge, and I love it. I just love him. He, he's such a comforting, in my opinion, personality and figure. I think the offense is going to be in good hands, and I think they're going to surprise some people this year. And you'll be like, well, yeah. what's this the past couple of years? It's like, well, you got Chaney behind home. So, I think to y'all's point about the coaches, they're really going to have to coach – like, they're going to have to execute this year. And I, and I think it's a very big impact that this isn't Jeremy's first year. This isn't year zero for him because now he's going to be a little bit more comfortable in his own shoes too, I think, as far as
4: game. Well, see, here's, here's my theory on this. I think that Cheney is like the Roseanne bar of coaches. I mean, he, <laughs> <laughs> when, when he came into his press conference, he had that big grin on his face, and I thought he's thinking, I just ate a dozen Krispy Kremes. What did you all skinny people eat a few minutes ago? <laughs> I mean, just, I just, you know, was like, oh, he, he was just happy to be
3: yeah
1: yeah no it's good it's uh it's it's exciting with the staff and um you just hope you can get the best out real quickly too um, i've been seeing a lot of threads on jj peterson what the heck's happening to him is he just is he gone is he out of shape still what does anybody have any update on him
2: no everybody's sort of afraid to say i'm sure everybody's sort of thinking the same thing though which when a person goes home for personal issues, you know, everybody thinks the same thing. And so, um, you know, I don't think anybody wants to actually say what they think is going on, but let's just hope he can get his self straightened out yeah. and he comes back and gets his mindset on football. Cause it seems like he is a, a really good, he's really talented. Um, but you know, this is, this is you know playing football at a major college you know trying to make it trying to eventually get to the nfl it's i think a lot of kids are a little bit you know shell shock on what it takes to actually do that this is i mean it's, it's a 24-hour job i mean you gotta you gotta live it you know every day that you're here to be able to get to the next level to be who you want to be and stuff and i think a lot of kids you know especially kids that are ultra talented at times in high school, they can, you know, they can give half effort and still be better than everybody else, and they don't have to push yourself every day. And now there's there's some kids who still will, but you know, I think when they a lot of times when kids get to campus, they realize they're not that dude that you know that dude in high school who is just so much better than everybody else. They can just yeah. go out there and play football.
1: Now, was that a red flag that he could he could not get into school and it took so much to get him in and everyone was kinda of tracking it? Um is that a red flag too? I mean, so you, you've got that, then you got him coming into into school out of shape and all that, and then now it's no one hearing <laughs> think- from him and he goes home or whatever it is. I mean it's like is his career kinda doomed here.
2: Maybe somebody maybe somebody can maybe somebody knows for sure, but I never really understood Why he couldn't get into school? If it was a test score, if it was a GPA, I've never heard. Uh, You know, if it was a clearinghouse issue, I mean, like, I don't think anybody really ever said.
3: Seems like they just kept on saying, "Oh, he's got some more classroom work." That's all they. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And if it's Mm -hmm. a GPA issue, or if it's a if it's a test score issue, then that's not as much of a red flag because you can, right. you know, you could take your, you could take your test and maybe, you know, you don't do very well on it. And then you take it again and you jump more than five or six points and then they red flag it and they hold you forever to make sure it's legit. And so that's not nearly as bad as, um, if it's a, if you just went to high school and didn't do anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. The, another saga to have to follow along with Darren Kirkland and what's going on there. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be an interesting year. So, um, hopefully this veterans, you know, veteran group of coaches can, can squeeze every ounce of life out of these players and, and, and get some wins and the schedule hopefully lines up for seven or eight wins, but I still think six and six, but we're not at predictions yet, even though I just threw out a prediction, but, uh, So do we want to talk here about – I know we talked about Florida a little bit. I didn't get to really crap on Florida as much as I had wanted to. Um, But there's also – dang it, where is that quote? Where is the quote about – the last thing I want to say about Mullen um, where he said, like, if people are getting here and they're leaving after one year, then we told them something. Did anybody see that tweet? Yes. You would have seen that.
2: Yeah, I've seen it. Um, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but it was a. Uh, it was. It seems. It seemed to me like it was a uh, knee-jerk reaction to something s- somebody else had said, and, and I didn't. Like I, it was just sort of something that popped up, and I couldn't understand exactly what he meant by that. But it just to me, it looked like a knee-jerk reaction of maybe of maybe uh, like players decommitting. I believe the. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe all this started with the like a quarterback that committed last year that has now entered the the portal. I believe is that is that correct? Is that saying Scott? I believe or something like that.
1: Well, there's one guy, Jalen Jones. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about. It may be. Is he a, is he a quarterback? I think so.
2: Okay, well, okay, that's what I'm talking about then. Like he was here one year and then is is leaving and um now all these recruits are you know decommitting for them so something something has happened either on you know all these kids were on a recruiting trip and something weird happened i don't know but something has definitely happened you just don't have this mass decommit you know in late spring early summer for no reason whatsoever and you got your head coach you know, having weird quotes on Twitter about, you know, that just you know, something had to initiate that. Yeah.
1: And, and I pulled up the quote too. It says, um, I would think we did a poor job recruiting if guys were coming in and then immediately walking out the door because it was something uh, different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. So mm-hmm. there you have it, Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. And here's a, Here's a, well, not really trivia, but I was going to say a trivia, but who's the only other coach in college football to use the champions of life? Uh, <laughs> oh,
3: gosh. That would be Butch Jones and Dan Lincoln. So The most followed me. coach on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that.
3: Yeah, that was our claim to fame for about 3 years. That was
1: uh, that was our claim to fame.
3: It was uh it was
1: um some of those were just cringeworthy but uh Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting over the next the next few months here guys as we enter fall camp and in the football season, but um exciting nonetheless. And let's do we want to I'm not a baseball guy. I know I think uh Powell and PTC wanted to go through baseball here a little bit, talk about uh the baseballs.
0: Now, do you guys get an article
3: yeah, you guys start off with that one, Powell.
0: Do what now? I'm sorry, PTZ. Go ahead and start out with that one. We were talking about the series win this uh, weekend.
2: Yeah, just a a great um, series win for Tennessee over Florida. Um, After uh, last weekend, I believe, uh, playing Missouri, we gave up a six or seven-run lead to lose a game, to lose a series there. And then this Mm -hmm. weekend on Friday night, we started off with the same – same deal we gave up a seven run lead late in the game to lose and then we came back Saturday and Sunday and we actually came from behind in both games to take uh, take the series from them and it was a it was a very it was a really critical series because we were um, we're on that um, we were like we're battling Florida basically for to get to we, in which I, I, I when I was watching the games I, I didn't know this um, there was kind of a win number you need to get to to make the mm-hmm. get to the reg- regionals of the NCAA tournament, which is 13. And um, like I, I believe it in the last, I can't remember what they said. The last um, eight or 10 years or something like that. I, I can't remember exactly. But anyway, um, the SEC teams that have got got gotten to, thir- um, gotten to 13 wins, I believe, 100% of them. Okay, I take it back. I'm sorry. it's Sixteen wins, sixteen wins in the regular season combined with the tournament. hundred percent of the teams have made the NCAA tournament. If you get to thirteen wins, I believe it was fifty-eight percent of the teams um, make the NCAA tournament. So the the goal is basically to get to thirteen wins, and now we're at twelve, I believe. And so when this when this series started, both Tennessee and Florida, I believe, were like at ten and fifteen as what the SEC record. And so it was a very critical series for both teams. And, but just, just to, just to have a bad weekend last weekend, start the weekend off terribly, you know, terrible this weekend, and then come back and take, take two out of three from them. That's a, it's a big deal for the baseball team.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh it, it sounds like they're starting to move in the right direction. And again, um, this is a, a thing about expectations, right? You don't have any expectations, and the team blow, blows out of the water, which is really cool to see. So, PTC, do you have anything on the, on the baseball team?
0: Same. Uh, I think it is absolutely critical this uh, season that we did something like this, especially considering where we've been coming from, um, all the expectations around our new coach, what he's been able to do, uh, getting the recru- getting the recruits we need, getting the team to buy in, and the intestinal fortitude it took to come back f- to come from behind, um, especially after being demoralized twice, losing seven run leads. I'm very impressed with how they've been playing, and you know I think uh, I saw it on the board posted. Thirty one of our games have been against top fifty two in the RPI. And we're sixteen fifteen. That's absolutely insane. Yep. Wow.
1: Oh, that's crazy. That's a good stat. Where'd you where'd you come up with that
0: stat? I saw it on the board and did a little research and it was just like that's that's nuts. I don't think anybody any other team has come that close to what we've been able to pull off there. Wow.
2: Yeah, now I, I watched I, I watched all three games this weekend and um, and Friday obviously was a huge letdown, but um, we are fun to watch. I mean, we score, we score some points, we run the bases. Um, we don't, we don't really, we don't really screw ourselves in the field. Um, pitching, I believe, like um, we've got a little bit of issues pitching, like with our uh, middle relief. Um, but um, that's where we kind of gave up most of our runs. But um, but they they're fun to watch. It, this isn't this isn't Todd Raleigh, small ball type stuff. Uh, get one guy on, you bump the next two guys just to get him to third. And then, you know, it's not like that. I mean, we, we're hitting, you know, we're getting up to the plate, and we're swinging.
1: That's exciting. Yep. That kind of slap ball stuff, you know, try to yeah. dink around, <laughs> you know, oh, we got two outs, but we got a guy on third. So that's exciting. Maybe someone, yeah. you know, uh,
2: you
4: know, so.
2: it Wow. And that's baseball. And that's that's just a baseball situation. And there's times when you have to do that. But I hate I hate seeing. I do not like seeing teams do that in the third or fourth inning. You know, in the middle of a game, just to push a guy to third. You know, and you you, you give up outs for for you know base base runners to move a guy up. Hundred percent.
1: Hundred percent agree. One hundred percent free. So, yeah, it's gonna be. It's going like, to again. I'm not a baseball guy, so I don't uh, know too much about the team myself. Yeah. Are they gonna make it to Omaha and all that?
2: No. Or whatever. That would be a str- that would be a stretch. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's, they're they're not there yet. I wouldn't think. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying they can't, but yeah, um, it's just. You're just in baby steps right now. Let's just make the SEC tournament, which looks good right now. Make the SEC tournament and then get a spot you know, in the NCAA tournament and then see what happens. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's uh, Hopefully it's uh, baby steps for these guys and they can make some giant leaps over the next couple of years. Um, ball fan in Louisiana, you watch the baseballs at all?
3: I've watched a couple of games this year. Yeah. And I tell you, I'm I'm like Powell. Like I noticed that this this isn't Bobby Cox, Braves, small ball. This is swing away. Like it's it really is a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I'm like him. The pitching could use a little bit of work and I think he manages his bullpen well, coach, but at the same time, I do love the swing away, aggressive approach they play ball. I think in the future it's gonna count towards some wins. I do. So
1: very cool. Lead Orange, are you still with us? Or are you, uh, are you going off to
4: sleep? Those metamucil bombs will hit you.
1: <laughs> I'm
4: still, <laughs> I'm still hanging in here, guys. You know, I'm surprised you don't have anything to say, son, since you are such a fine baseball player. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> no. he, he he was. I mean, he went through that growth spurt. He's up to what are you up to? About 5'3", 5'4", now, son. What? Wow. 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 <laughs> no, he got Dude. he got enthralled with basketball, and I, you know, I really felt like, and he was a he was a really fine bas- basketball player, but I really felt like baseball was his best sport. But uh, he could play any pl- position out. I, 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 he's my son, so I got to quit bragging on my son here. But he was a really good baseball player. So I'm surprised you don't have anything to say about the baseballs.
1: Well, I don't know when they play, and I feel like college baseball is is one of the. Most boring sports to watch, um, second to women's college basketball. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know. Like the metal bats and stuff, just doesn't do it for
3: me. <sighs> so, bleed orange. Can we get one good baseball story about Georgia Tech ball? Maybe when it comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, just one good one, maybe a good funny one.
4: Not well, a uh, funny. Gosh, you know, actually. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, all the baseball stories of, of my son are really good ones. They're I mean, there's one
1: redemption yeah. and, and <laughs> triumphant overcome. <over-cumption.
4: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> we laughed, we cried, we were moved, right? Uh, Bliss, uh, wet, and tears. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there, there was one time we were scared to death because they, because of his speed and stuff, and he had a good arm, they put him out of the field for one all season, and he was running to catch all and you remember that son i mean he reached out and, and he caught it but it was one of these things that he dove and with a ball hitting his glove and everything i mean he landed on his neck in a really bad way and we were really concerned Went, i mean i went running out there to see how he was doing and we took him to the emergency room and you know he turned out fine but well, I mean, his neck was fine. Well. He's a little bit questionable. Yeah, I know that was. He was definitely questionable. I have to qualify that. Now. No, he's, but but he he was always a fighter. He he had one at at bat one time. He a lot of them a lot of times they had him uh, at leadoff because he was fast and could run the bases. Really, wow, uh, was a, a a good batter and on great good on base percentage. But remember that one time, son, you had like. Thirteen balls you fouled off on one guy. <laughs> I mean, one at bat, it was just like, Bing, Bing, Bing. He hit one over the fence, out of bounds. You know, what I mean, he just could not. He could. He was so far ahead of that pitcher, it was ridiculous. He could do anything before it down the, for the third base line out. Of bounds. Yeah, I, I mean, I is I, that I, what? Yeah, go
2: is, ahead. is oh. that no? Is that what they made you uh, put the tee up? Oh. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we adjusted that
2: key,
4: and
0: everything was yeah. good after that. Yeah, it's yeah.
3: A, yeah. It's it's, um, it's a shame that uh, Bush Jones didn't see you fall on your neck. He probably would have offered. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he would
1: have been the first out there waiting with all the the medical folks. But uh, as Ron, you know, as Ron, I, like I feel like it's like a a show about me right now about Georgia Tech fall. Let's talk about how great I am. Um, yes, sorry. I, I will say though, the one time I used to always, cause I was a brace face. I don't know if this is really funny or not, but, um, I always would play. So I had like the, you know, not the, your actual baseball glove, but the batting gloves. Right. And they had like little ventilation holes in them on the palm. And mm-hmm. I would put, uh, on my braces, I would hook, um, like hook those little ventilation holes on my braces and something interesting what happened and i would jerk like i would jump up out of my seat or whatever it was and i'd always pull my braces off and always break my braces they might my <laughs> you know, freaking braces for like 15 years it felt like
3: that's um, all right dad's
4: paying for them. yeah it's, yeah it's because he kept breaking them that's why i have done for 15
1: <laughs> but anyway I, this has really gone way uh way off the rails now um yeah me talking about my baseball stories but um i i don't really have a lot of them but um you know, there were some, you know, there were some fun memories of, you know, you know, tournament ball and all that stuff. And you guys are getting into it now, pal. I know you having kids and everything, you're getting into the baseball stuff and hopefully my son enjoys sports as much as I did when I was a kid. So, um, you know, I just appreciate the opportunity I got to go. My dad used to have to sit out at six in the morning and, you know, to sign me up for baseball and freezing weather and all that kind of stuff and camp out it used to be really weird how they did it i don't know if they do that now do they do that now powell for like baseball and all that
2: yeah it's still just uh well i don't know what it's like for the other kids but my son started t-ball this year and um he was actually aged age wise he was we signed him up for wee ball, and um they didn't have enough teams, so they moved up. To, he moved up to T-ball, and it's just—I um, don't know how they do teams. I don't know if they just draw them out of a hat, or I don't—you know—I don't know how they do it. But um, it's – it goes uh, by father's uh,
4: reputation.
2: Yep. Fa- well, by what? now? I'm sorry. Father's, father's reputation? reputation.
4: Yeah,
2: well, that's why I, they moved. It. I guess that's why my son was on a terrible team. No, <laughs> <laughs> he was
4: supposed to lift him up. That
2: was the point. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, we actually wow. had to spend the
4: night overnight to, in East Cobb. We, we, uh, I, I took plastic out there because it was in January and I was trying to keep the frost off of a friend of mine and I were out there trying to get, uh, my son and his son signed up. And, uh, yeah, those were good times spending the night out there on the cold on concrete trying to get in line.
1: Mountain of you. Um, wow. you guys have to, like,
4: Cuddle up to keep warm or body heat? <laughs> no, there was no, no, there wasn't a whole lot of that that I can recall. Uh, no spooning going on, son. Spooning, huh?
1: You guys <laughs> yeah. in the freezing weather under one tent together, one pitched tent?
4: It was not a pitched tent. It, it was it was plastic that we pulled over us like a blanket and it kept the frost off. Of. Did somebody say pitched tent? <laughs>
3: oh, it's well, Ma again.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, fast. I just woke up from my nap. Uh, appreciate y'all having me on here. I'm getting ready. I'm I'm ready to to do this thing tonight, guys.
0: It's when too
2: late. Starting? Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't worry, I'll edit this whole thing out. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else, guys? We have we want to share this evening. I know we've had a great night of bashing Rick Barnes and talking football recruiting and a bunch of number, number of different things, but anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up? Not, not
0: same, no, not a thing, man. I like oh
1: Very cool. Well, thank you, Vol fan in Louisiana for jumping on, man. This was, I was very excited to see you on here and sorry you hurt your foot. Um, And man, Bleed Orange, thank you for being on as well. PTC, Powell Vols. We want to wish everybody who made it all the way through this, we want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. If you are a mom, if you're not, then thank you for listening to the podcast. We will see you guys next week. Same time, this is Georgia Tech. Signing out.